0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Yes. Yes, Jackson. What are you doing here? Is this like you like slow us down? Are you doing a remix? I don't know. I just picked this one, and it's super dramatic. It's
0: spooky. I think the beat's gonna drop. I kind of want to hear it.
2: I feel like I'm about to get whacked. There, there. It is. Oh no, it's the remix album. (laughs) This is the PFG, the remix album. Welcome to Tim and Boy. Monday, Jackson had a big weekend. I picked up a read earlier this morning when we were bringing the heat on 105.7 HD2 on TMA, and we will attempt, I mean attempt, to duplicate said heat here for the next hour before BK and Ferrario come in. Action Jackson, I woke up this morning, and Albert Pujols was a member of the St. Louis Cardinals once again. Rejoice. I mean, when he made his debut at Coors Field, April 2nd, 2001, you were three. Yep. And I was covering my second opening day for KMov. Yep. that puts things in perspective. Here's for me. another thing. I what remember, do you got?
0: I remember exactly where I was when he got uh, when they he signed with the Angels. I was in social studies class in the eighth grade.
2: And I was hosting TMA on KFNs, and uh, I recall Tim Brown of Yahoo Sports, who I think wrote Rick Ankiel's book, if I'm not mistaken, with Rick Ankeel, That's right. uh, broke the story that he was heading to the Angels. And I recall texting with a member of the Cardinal front office within moments of that report. And I said, what's your reaction? And he said, bitter, a couple of emotions, but one of the emotions was relief. And I think that's because they didn't want to go there with that contract, Mm -hmm. which from my standpoint was the right move, like kind of a no brainer, right move, by the way. Um, But yet here we are in what most likely is his final year of his career, not 100% sure, um, but most likely his final year of his career, in what is most likely Yadier Molina's final year of his career and Adam Wainwright's final year of his career. And these three guys who were a part of a number of division championships, a number of LCSs, and uh, multiple pennants, along with two world championships get to most likely finish out their careers together in st louis for most importantly relatively speaking a low risk move i'm on board I liked the idea of it last year when we were kind of talking about the possibility of it. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I was expecting that to date has not happened, and at this point I'm kind of resigned to not happening, is I thought the Cardinals would be aggressive in the offseason to try to send Wainwright and Molina out with a world championship. As Randy Carricker and I were saying in our 22nd podcast, when I'm walking in and he's walking out, he said, I woke up this morning thinking they were the seventh race. I went to bed last night thinking the Cardinals were the seventh race best team in the league. And I woke up this morning thinking they were the seventh race best team in the league, but I'm more excited about the season. Absolutely. And I think Randy Carricker has summed it up perfectly.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is going to world end or move, but it was so obvious that this would be a great fit given it being the last year, most likely, of Leno in Yachty's career. So bring bring him back for a low cost, and then he might be effective as a DH or a pinch hitter. So it seemed like a no-brainer. And I think this, what we've spoken to before about the front office and the disconnect with the fan base, is such a great move to reestablish that connection because it was so obvious to bring him back.
2: Let me put it this way. Uh If another National League team, everybody has the DH now, but if another National League team, and maybe it could have been an American League team, I don't know why it would have mattered, but if another National League team would have signed him for the one-year $2.5 million deal, and he would have accepted the role he is accepting in St. Louis as a bench player, pinch hitter, mm-hmm. DH, I think fans would have justifiably been furious about Absolutely. that. Absolutely, 100%. Because this is a role that I think this is exactly what he can I think he can be a weapon. I don't just think this is like a nostalgic thing. Do I think the Cardinals will make money on this $2.5 million they are spending on Albert Pujols? Absolutely. Absolutely. I never fault a business for practicing business in baseball and football and hockey and soccer and basketball teams are not exempt, even though I know most of us view them through the prison of emotion, but they're still businesses and they will make money on it. However, I do think he will provide valuable service off the bench and in the DH role. Yeah. And I was thinking that as I watched him in the role he had with the Dodgers last year, Mm -hmm. he was valuable in that spot. Right. So, listen, if if they signed him to like a multi-year deal or even a one-year deal with a talk of him splitting time with Paul Goldschmidt, it might be the kind of thing, a rare thing, to get me screaming about something sports-related. Right. But for this role and for the dollars they're spending, whereas $2.5 million is a huge amount of money for 99-plus percent of the population, in baseball terms, it's relatively inexpensive. It's a one-year deal, and it's not like he's coming here thinking he's fighting for the first base job. Personally, I love it, and it is a beautiful way to bookend what has been essentially the first 21 years of Cardinal baseball this century. What are your thoughts? 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Jackson, would you like to hear a story? Oh, I'd love to. All right. Spend us a tell yarn. You, a story. You, like, you want me to spin you a yarn? Please do. It's January 2001. Mm-hmm. You're two years old. Yep. And I'm at the winter warm up. Mm. The now. Deceased Millennium Hotel. <laughs> That's where it was. Yeah. That's where it was that, that year. And I was working for KMOV, young buck myself. Mm-hmm. 24 years old, 25 years old, 24 years old. 24 my, years my old. my age now. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Well, parallel. Uh, full head of hair, but kind of an asterisk because I was on performance enhancing yeah. profi- propetia. <laughs> Uh, not nearly as tall as you, but I was wearing a cute little suit. Got in the, uh, the boys <laughs> section. Uh, it was a medium in the boys section cute too. Little suit. Like uh, cute little suit. And, uh, and I see Albert Pools walking in the lobby and I wasn't sure it was him, which is an amazing thing to right, think right. considering yeah, yeah. what we would know about him in just a few months. Right. But the only reason I knew about Albert Pools was because about, I don't know when it was. Somebody could look. Why don't you look it up, actually? Okay. The Cardinals traded Steve for Steve Klein and Dustin Hermanson, and they traded away Fernando Tatis and Britt Reams following the 2000 NLCS. And I recall interviewing Walt Jockety for Sports Sunday, our Sunday night show on KMOV, and asking him about the trade, which initially was really uh, not particularly popular with Cardinal fans. Tatis uh, was kind of declining at that point, but Britt Reims, of all people, was the one that people remembered from the postseason and were like, they just traded Britt Reams. Yeah.
0: Uh, what date was that? December 14th, 2000.
2: Okay. So uh, about a month later, uh, I see Albert Pujols, but about a month earlier when I had interviewed Walt Jockety, I recall asking him, and I said, you know, you know, who's going to play third base? There was not Scott Rowland at that moment. He goes, well, we got this guy at Memphis who really impressed us, Albert Pujols. Mm. And, I mean, he really did some special things. Sure. But the problem at the time was they needed him to lose some weight. He was a third baseman. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He was a third baseman. Yeah. So they were comfortable making the trade. And so I walk up to Albert Pujols in 2001, the winter warmup, and I said— you have time? He goes, you want to interview me? Like, he's like surprised. Yeah. And I go, I don't know. I just hear you're the man. And he goes, oh, I'm not the man. I'll never be the man. And I've always thought that if I were to do like a 30 for 30 on Albert Pujol's career in St. Louis, that would be the perfect way to like start it and then we'd go oh, to a yeah, quick yeah. flash and then like a bunch of offensive production and people raving about it. I've already got the production in my head Yeah. as it turns out Doug Vaughn, who I worked with at KMOV and Steve Zavart at the time has told me those tapes from those days have all been thrown out and destroyed. So it will just have to exist in my mind. We'll
0: just make it a docudrama. So someone will so play someone you. Play the role. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We'll get the ghost of Vern Troyer to play me. <laughs> uh, but either way, the, uh, the the fitting nature of those comments, considering the name the man, right, and that I would imagine most Cardinal fans would put him on that pedestal yeah. of being, you know, second all time to Stan Musial. Absolutely. The man yeah. wound up just being perfection. So the fact that he's coming back. And in a season where the Cardinals, I don't think too many people around St. Louis are thinking that this is a championship team, might be a Central Division winning team, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily a world championship winning team. uh, This adds something for opening day, which is fast approaching. We're talking a week from Thursday. I mean, what is that scene going to be like? Let's get some good weather and let's get ourselves a little pony show in downtown St. Louis, brother.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine. I mean, I think for a good month, because you know, not you know, the same fans don't go to every single game. I think for a solid month, you're gonna get for his first step at every game a standing L for the first month, because you know, if you're going your first game three weeks in, you're gonna be standing when Albert Pujols comes to the plate, even if he's already taken you know twenty five at bats.
2: Um, what is your first significant Albert Pujols memory? Are you old enough oh, to yeah. appreciate Brad Lidge? Minute made Park.
0: Not really. Wow. My How about
2: that? Yours is 2006 then.
0: My Cardinal memory starts about 2006 because that uh, the new stadium was built. I remember vividly going. I remember being my first Cardinal memory really the was- The old stadium was
2: better. Thank you. Your thoughts, 65780. Right, and yeah. it's not even a sweat. It's like wearing blue hats on the road. It's not even a sweat. It's not open to discussion on this show. Maybe BK and Ferrari will, will talk about red hats on the road. I will not.
0: <laughs> I just remember- being, so me and my dad would always go to the games. We had great seats, and we loved going to the games. And I remember being really upset because we were running late for the game.
2: And, and you were I, yelling at your father like an entitled-to-do punk.
0: That's right. Yeah, it was his fault, not mine. Right. Even though I probably made us late. But I was really upset that I wasn't going to get to see Albert's first at bat, even though I mean, And you were was just, whining in the back. It was just you were a, yeah.
2: streaming an NBA game.
0: Right, yes, I was D-Wade 06. <laughs> and, uh... I just remember being really upset that because Poole's hitting the third hole, and I was like, I'm going to miss the first inning, and Albert's at bat. I was really pissed at my dad that we didn't get there. What a wonderful
2: childhood memory.
0: Well, I'm just thinking, like, uh, other than that, because 06 was my fr- – I just remember being like – my dad telling me, like, you don't understand how lucky you are that you get to see the best player in the world every time you go to a baseball game.
2: I had – it's funny that you bring that up, because it's going to kind of go full circle on what my thought process is. Mm-hmm. I – Wanted to take my son to a game. He hasn't been to, he's been to games in spring training. Mm-hmm. You know, he's four right. years old now, but I remember my first Cardinal game, August 1982. I was five. Mm-hmm. The next day, Brummer stole home. That night that I went, Lonnie Smith hit it inside the park home run. Two months later, they win the World Series. So I'm addicted. That's just the way. now here we are, you know, whatever, 40 years later, and it's just still the same deal. And I wanted my son to be able to go, and I was old enough to kind of somewhat be aware of what was going on and sure. appreciate it. That was my—I was it just happened to be the way that it wound up working out. So I was going to wait a little bit with my son, but now, because of Pools, Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, and most likely this being their last years, I got to get him to a Cardinal game this year. 100%. You know, it's just got to be the way for what you were just saying about what your father was saying to yeah. you.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing—is like you grew. I grew up like because by the time my memory started, Albert had been on the team for several years. It's like you don't really understand, like, if you're a fan in Seattle or Baltimore or any of these cities, you don't get to watch, you know, World You get to see great baseball players, but not Albert Pujols, who was in the midst of possibly the greatest 10-year stretch in baseball history, to see that every single time he went to the ballpark, because he didn't miss many games. Really, really durable player. To see that every night was, like, such a treat for me. Like, I grew up watching one of the greatest baseball players of all time whenever I wanted to.
2: we got a break. I'm going to carry the discussion over. We have uh, Cardinal Manager Ali Mall talking about it just this morning here within, I think, the last hour. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you to uh, Mike Ryder here at 101 ESPN for pulling that sound so quickly. We'll have that for the audience to hear Ali Marmal talking about it. Uh, looking forward to hearing from him because I haven't heard it. It was while we were doing TMA. Right, right. Uh, in addition, a couple of more stories from behind the scenes uh, with Albert Pujols and uh, and talking about some of the numbers that we could see take Place Uh, he is at 679 home runs. I wonder what the odds are if there were odds that he actually gets to 700 this year. If that were if that were out there, Uh, the discussion will continue here on Balloon Party, also known as Tim and Boy on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back, 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. Standing across from me is Action Jackson. He was two years old when Albert Pujols made his debut. What is your most memorable Albert Pujols moment? When you say Albert Pujols in a Cardinal uniform, what do you flash to? Jackson, go.
0: Uh, The three home runs in the 2011 World Series. That game. And then I I think of—it's weird, but I think of a lot of the— the plays he would make behind first base in foul territory when he would lean over and fall into the tarp. I remember oh. those. And then his stance. I remember as a kid, me and all my friends would try to replicate his stance, and it is, if you're not built like him, you don't look good doing it.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. The real low stance like our, with the ball out. Like our frames probably wouldn't.
0: No, it's not conducive to his batting stance. And kids in Little League would try to do it, and it would you could tell, like, this is going to be an easy out.
2: <laughs> I, uh... With regards to that three home run game in the 2011 World Series, mm-hmm. something that kind of flies under the radar because that World Series was so incredible, Right. and when you think of the 2011 World Series, you think of David Freeze in the bottom of the ninth, and David Freeze in the bottom of the 11th, and understandably so, and Absolutely. that it went seven for the first time since a World Series went seven in 2002. Do you remember who was in the 2002 World Series, even though you weren't really cult capable of remembering anything when you're three years old. Go. Angels were in the AL. Yes. And they won. I got three seconds. I the don't Marlins. have the time. The Marlins. Not oh, bad because they were, they were oh there one. in 2003. No, they weren't. No oh, one. Oh three, oh just three. start making things up and you know saying it convincingly because I'm going to pick off your bluff. I'm going to pick off your bluff. Oh three. My bad. It was the Giants, who beat the Cardinals in the NLCS. Giants have beaten the Cardinals in the NLCS like four times, (laughs) I think, since 2000. I might not be wrong on that, actually. Three times? 2002, 2012, 2014? Yeah, I think that's right. Either way, in Game 2 of the 2011 World Series, Albert Pujols received fairly substantial criticism for, I believe, cutting off a ball that was heading home to try to get a runner at home when the Rangers had to come back to tie and then win Game 2 of the World Series. Mm. Probably forgotten by most people. I and he got a lot of criticism. And I remember thinking there's a day off. That was probably a Thursday night. Then there's a day off, and then they head to Arlington, and they're playing Game 3. And I had seen it enough to think that he might go off. I wasn't thinking three home runs. Mm-hmm. But he might go off because this guy has a way of rising to the occasion anytime he gets some extreme criticism. It's just the way he works. And, you know, when you talk about take your pick of Jordan and you watched the, the last dance with the sure. uh, – I took that personally yeah. and how some guys have to have these kinds of right. things that even if they aren't really enemies, they create them as enemies to get this hyper-focus – he absolutely rose to the occasion for that moment. And then you think about what happened a few nights later, of course, with David Freese and how he was able to lock in and foul off balls against Neftali Feliz and layoff pitches and then drive a ball over Nelson Cruz's head. And then, of course, what happened with him winning it in the bottom of the 11th. But up until Freese's home run, I would tell you the most famous home run of the 21st century for the Cardinals was, without question, what took place in Houston in October of 2005. That, to me, is the moment. Now, I am one of the only people who can say, uh, I was at that game, but I left before he hit the home (laughs) run. Because, even at the age of 28, I was so hypersensitive to watching Astros fans celebrate winning the pennant that I left... Even though I was covering the game. You know, it's not like I was there (laughs) with buddies intoxicated. (laughs) I was covering the game, albeit not for TV, for the radio show. And uh, my hotel was just like a couple blocks away from Minute Maid Park. So I'm pouting and walking back to my hotel because I'm 28 and I don't want the Cardinals to lose. (laughs) And I'm walking back to my hotel and I turn it on reluctantly and he hits that home run. Yeah. And I am screaming in my hotel room. Yeah. I'm truly surprised they didn't send security. <laughs> and then because I'm twenty eight and now I'm happy, I go downstairs to watch all the Astros fans walk past me. There sad.
0: You go. There you go. Petty King. <laughs> oh my God, I am Petty
2: King. <laughs> but that moment, and I'll tell you, you talk to the guys who are on that team mm-hmm. and they all say the same thing about that moment they're shocked right. at how I think Edmonds was on base and he goes I remember hearing my spikes hit the dirt as I was rounding the bases and how it was so silent and one of the reasons I left was it was so loud in there right. that I'm like I can't handle this right. and I'll tell you what really pissed me off I hate the Crawford boxes I hated that hill they used to have out oh, there Oh, the hill so bad But no, they got rid of the hill, but it's still, I remember standing at home plate there going, okay, I played at Afton Athletic Association, and I remember being a short porch down the left field line. I think this is comparable to Afton. Absolutely. It's and I remember wild. standing there and looking at him going, this is ridiculous. And sure enough, Chris Carpenter was throwing a great game, and Lance Berkman at the time, of course, a member of the Astros and the Killer Bees, like sticks his bat out, like to fight off a breaking ball, and it goes out for what becomes the go-ahead home run. Right. And I'm on tilt over that. <laughs> but I'm glad it now happened because it set up Albert Pujol's home run off Brad Litt. Right. And I'll tell you this, if I could have bet in that moment that the Cardinals were going to win the pennant, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that they would. Would. Wow. Because if you recall, they were coming back from Houston in 2004, down 3-2 to two because Jeff Kent hit a walk-off home run. And in that situation, the home team won all seven games of that series. The Cardinals had home field advantage. They go to the World Series and get swept by the Red Sox. In this case, the Cardinals had home final night. Of Bush Stadium 2, which I said in the first segment, accurately was the better ballpark than Bush mm-hmm. Stadium 3, and also Navy caps on the road. Neither are up for discussion on this show. Neither are up for discussion on this show. Do you remember who started the game for the Cardinals? Do you remember who started the game for the Astros? Even though you acknowledge your memory for the Cardinals doesn't start until the following year, it doesn't matter. I'm still putting you on the spot. Go.
0: Ah, uh, man. Uh, I, I have no idea on the Astros. That is Roy
2: that? Oswald. Oh, okay. He was on the mound when the rally squirrel went running past. Yeah, he the was. was
0: nice little callback there. And then for the
2: Cardinals. Great golfer. Shoulder problems. Ladies love his style. From the Oakland A's. Mark Mulder. Yes! I feel like we were playing Password. Yeah, I know. That was fun. Nice $25,000 pyramid. Is it now $100,000 pyramid? Inflation. I'm, I'm not the expert on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Your thoughts on 1980s game shows with 24 year olds 65780. Ali Marmol speaking this morning in Jupiter, Florida. This audio, courtesy of the great Mike Claiborne and Claibes Online. Uh, let's hear. I can't wait to hear what the Cardinal manager has to say about Albert Pools coming back to St. Louis.
1: At the end of the day,
2: I mean, there's nothing to announce regarding Albert just yet.
0: Um, there's a lot of things that needs to be dotted and tees crossed but uh adding someone like that is uh is crazy important what he does to that clubhouse um outside of his skill set is unbelievable and um
2: what he adds with his skill set is gonna be incredible so that's all i got ali marmal yeah i'm fine i mean next thursday it's gonna be a pony i need some good weather jackson yeah. I monitor time. the weather at this time of year because I'm a golf nerd. And we were supposed to play today with a drone for the uh, Dotem Golf Tournament. We Registration were. opens at 8 a.m. Uh, Friday on TMASTL.com. Two day tournament in May, May 19th and May 20th, presented by Michael Ultra. And, uh, and we were supposed to go out there and it's what it's gonna be well it says now a high of fifty one, but then I look at the app and it doesn't get higher than forty nine. I mean, what are we doing here? Is there <laughs> like a warm front at midnight? No, it's forty nine. Well let's be consistent on the app. Either way, too cold for that. Um but when you when you look at what this means for the community, and next week, ideally, we have great weather for the home opener and Albert Pujols' return. It was already going to be a big deal because it's most likely Yadier Molina and Adam right. Wainwright's right. final year. I keep saying most likely because I just cannot believe Yadier Molina is done. Yeah. Not because I think he, I just I just can't imagine at the end of the year he's like, yeah, I'm done with baseball. I just can't. I can't. But listen, he says it, and he's been more outspoken about it being his last year than Wainwright has. Yep, very true. So now you have these three guys. At the Cardinal home opener. In a year where we didn't really think we are going to have a full baseball season.
0: Yeah, good point.
2: I mean, it's perfect. It really, truly is perfect.
0: Yeah, what a, a three six or 180, I should say, from a couple of weeks ago when we are in the midst of the lockout and we don't even know if baseball is going to be played until m- mid or late right. May. And now, here we are today, couldn't be more excited for the home opener. Just couldn't be more excited.
2: Uh, you are all just cardinal apologists. Poole's turned his back on the best fans in baseball. He should not be welcome back. Real Cardinals love the fans and not the money. That's from go. Mitch Comstein. I
0: was about to say I don't know if that was where that was coming
2: from. I was very confident that yeah. was a oh, yeah. the I TMA Venn, Venn that. diagram that is now part of our air comfort service uh, text line. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim and Boy, the ball Albert hit in Houston is still orbiting the earth. Destination St. Louis on April 7th. That is from the 636. Man, my my favorite part of that, there were so many great moments in that particular moment, but it's when Clemens is sitting next to Andy Pettit, mm-hmm. and I believe he mouths, Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what a pitching staff on the Astros that year. <sighs>
2: I mean, that's Lidge. Lidge was sick then, too. Yeah, Lidge. Lidge was unhittable. That's the other thing. Lidge and and Feliz. I mean, these two Cardinal home runs now, Feliz on a home run was a triple. would have been a home run in two out of three major league ballparks. But either way, uh, but Feliz and Lidge were both top three Mm -hmm. in their respective years in 2005. I mean, Lidge was unhittable. That's kind of the thing. That's why I left. Yeah. You know, all due respect to, you know, take your pick of whichever closer who you could kind of count on blowing saves. Yeah, But that wasn't it with the Astros. And I'm like, this is going to suck. They're going to strike out and they're going to lose. And they won the division. And they're going to lose to the wild card. And, this, you know, just like they lost to the wild card Red Sox in the World Series. And I'm pouting. (laughs) I'm walking back to my hotel kicking rocks. (laughs) And then I walk out on one of the greatest moments in Cardinal history. Seriously,
0: yeah. that's And they
2: were wearing blue caps. Oh man, Albert's going to be wearing a red cap on the road just like he did with the Angels or like he would with the Reds or the Phillies. You know we had a beautiful blue cap on the road. If I was Albert, i have I'd... won a
0: World Series since then. Yeah, if I'm Albert, I'm saying I'm not coming back until blue hats are on the road. Put that in your pipe and smoke it
2: be great if that were part of the negotiation. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals know they can't win this year, so they brought back the boys for a money-making tour. So be it, but this roster isn't good enough for the World Series run. Uh, well, I got to tell you, even though I know that probably came with a little, uh, you know, crass nature, Sure, I agree with the words that were written. I don't think they they necessarily know they can't win the World Series, but if you line up the Cardinal roster at this particular moment, in particular with the health of the, the you know well Flaherty for sure and Reyes you know also, it's it's not necessarily something you would expect. I was surprised when I was looking online at the odds this morning mm-hmm. that the Brewers are minus two hundred to win the division. Really. Yeah, that's so obviously that surprises you as well. Yeah,
0: good value on the Cardinals there. So
2: the Cardinals are plus 210. All
0: right, that's good
2: value. But then everybody else is like the Pirates are plus 6,000. That's not to win the World Series, that's to win the division. The Cardinals are plus 2,000. And for the record, that means if you bet $100, you would win 2,000 if the Cardinals win the World Series. I think that it's probably more than a how do you phrase it? I think the Cardinals have less than a 5% chance of winning the World Series. Yeah, that's how it would handy. And that's that's what 20%—that's what right. 20 to 1 means.
0: But I think on any given year, it would always be— I mean, I can't imagine—I'm trying to go back in my memory to a year where I thought, like, going into the season to this team, not since 2014 or 15, maybe 2013. Around then is probably, like, the last time I felt truly that they could win a World Series before the season started.
2: Felt like it for sure 2014, because yeah. you had Wainwright and Walker right. and they were right. so— good. I mean mm-hmm. Walk in particular in the 2013 postseason. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I I don't know. I mean hey maybe listen, you could have these bats in the outfield. That's that's where I'm shorting them. And then I think most right, people now right, are shorting right. them in the rotation, which mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. But you know I keep going back to something that that Randy said when we were when he was heading out and I was heading in. And and it sums it up so well, so concisely too, which is I thought they were the seventh best team in the league when I went to bed. I woke up. Pools is part of the team. I still think they're the seventh best team, but I'm more excited about the year. Absolutely. Albert Pujols is 21 home runs away from 700. Jackson, Yeah. does he get there in 2022? 21
0: home runs to get to 700. Jackson
2: is buying time by restating what I said. That's what's going on right now for those of you who don't own souls like I do.
0: Right, uh, I'll say no, but obviously I'm rooting for it. But I'll say no, he will not get 21 home runs is a good amount for one season at his age.
2: If I had here, the way I try to do it, because like when you're in on St. Louis radio, you say, "Of course he will. He might actually
0: <laughs> <Okay>.
2: break Bonds' <laughs> asterisk record." You know, right. you know, he could really go off, and I could see him at 110. Yeah, you yeah know. for a cool 85 home run. <laughs> but if I had to put 100 bucks on it. I actually am in the tank on it. Legitimately, I Even am in the odds. tank. Even odds. Right? I know. No, I, I, you know, as a degenerate, I understand how it works. I just, I, I'm i in the tank. Th- the we- Here's the weird thing. Uh, what if he hits like 20?
0: That would be brutal. He's coming back. You have to. At he's least coming
2: back. Sign a
0: 10-day or something. you he, gotta. You got to even try.
2: He's coming back. Yeah. Uh, we'll continue to talk it over here. Also, what a debacle on Saturday night. Now, for Jackson, he has no idea what I'm talking about. But St. Louis has a hockey team, and they're called the Blues, and they're playing tonight. Early start, Canucks. You have no idea that they played on Saturday night, do you?
0: Uh, the ice hockey team? <laughs> uh, I was locked in on duke Arkansas.
2: The ice hockey team did play, the gotcha. one that airs here on 101 ESPN. Although I'm sure some people will text in and say, well, they didn't really play. <laughs> things are things are off the rails there. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford with a good column on the lack of identity of the team. and uh, And then yesterday was not a good day for the Blues, even though they didn't play. We'll explain why coming up. You are listening to Balloon.
1: Back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101
2: ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party, also known as Tim and Lil Boy. <laughs> I prefer little text. It's a little boy. 101 ESPN. Might have a new name. Give us our ninth. Right. We'll have a big celebration show for our tenth. Right. Hey asshats! Yo. We'll come to back to ass Hats. <laughs> There's no way he gets enough at-bats to get 21 home runs. That's from the 817. What area code is the 817? I think we're popular in Orange County. I think people get up and stream uh, in Orange County. Is that's, Orange
0: County your official guess?
2: That's, uh, yeah, I'll go Orange County. Why not?
0: I'm going to say Northern Illinois.
2: Northern Illinois, I feel like you're speaking from a position of confidence. Ladies and gentlemen, the area code is in. It is Fort Worth, Texas. Yep, that's what we said.
0: Right. We were spot on. We, it was, uh, we centralized it.
2: Uh, Pools hit 17 home runs last year and only 270 at bats. He can for sure get 21 this year. There you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, that. there's a chance. I mean, See,
2: the assets speak with confidence. Right, right. I mean, he could do it, no doubt. It's just it's not easy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Never bet against pools, especially when he's back in St. Louis, where he had all that magic. That's from the three one four. Can you imagine that he gets seven hundred home runs and the Cardinals have a hell of a year? Gotta be glorious. Maybe, Maybe so they cool. will. Maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah. What is there? Have you seen? It? I'm asking the audience here uh, if you know an over under win total for the Cardinals. I would guess. I like to set lines. What do I, you think I, it is? I, well, I remember
0: when they what it was, before. They cut down from one sixty two so I don't know
2: I'm gonna set it at okay. eighty it's eighty six and a half or eighty seven and a half that'd be my guess eighty six and a half or eighty seven and a half uh Tim it's Fort Worth Texas my wife's from there thank you it's from the three one four uh honesty from honesty Avenue if you told me we could have Albert for the year but we would win seventy five games I would have taken it. All the stupid boomers need to stop crying and remember how to love again. Wow. So hold on a second, I'm trying to understand this because I like when we can get into generational warfare out of nowhere. Oh, sure. Are we saying that it's the boomers who are anti-Albert Pools? I would think it might be the other way around. But I don't know, I'm, listen. I come to this show each morning with an open, some would say empty, mind. So if people are saying it's the boomers who are anti, I don't, I don't really know how much sentiment there is that's anti this. Listen, I'll say it again, as I did in the opening segment of Balloon Party, the award-winning opening segment of Balloon Party. If they were signing him to compete with Paul Goldschmidt or for an everyday position where he was coming in expecting to play every day, I would be freaking out about it. But considering the role, when he was DFA'd by the Angels, it opened the door, and he wasn't picked up by anybody until mm-hmm. he bounced around for a while before the Dodgers picked him up. I thought, okay, this could open it up, and plus it's going to be Molina uh Wainwright's last year. It's a perfect potential storybook ending. It bookends 21 years of one of the greatest Cardinal careers ever, and it's low risk. So I loved the idea. I just wanted them to do something at shortstop. That's what I really wanted yeah. them to do. Maybe the outfield, but more so shortstop. And and really give this final year a run. And that's the part that I'm disappointed in. But I've already come to terms with that and being wrong about that. I really thought they would do that, and I was wrong about it. But maybe they're bullish on these young guys, and that's where I, that's where I differ with... Cardinals and maybe some of the fan base. I just don't know if we're going to see a duplication of what we saw last year from some of the younger guys. Yeah, yeah, Jackson. 84 and a half. 84 and a half. Ooh, what's the Brewers win total? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't know that you were going to have to open up the encyclopedia again. We, we've lost Jackson.
0: Hold on. <laughs>
2: My goodness. So you would have thought this was fairly basic.
0: You would think. Uh, uh, 88 and a half.
2: Eighty-eight and a half. All yeah, right. Eighty-eight and a half. Uh, geez, people, stop it! We had him for his ten best years. He didn't do squat out there. Had he stayed, we wouldn't have been able to keep Wainwright or Yachty. That's from the six one eight. I guess are, are people still a little upset, or are some people still upset that he left?
0: I couldn't. I mean, I guess I there's. I'm allowed to say that there probably are people upset, but I think the overwhelming are we majority five percent less, three two percent yeah. maybe. I think that. If it was they have a great a, thing
2: for the Cardinals that he left.
0: Right. I think if they have a good year this year, there's no better way that Albert's career could have worked out for St. Louis. Have the best 10 years like possibly ever, leave to get your big paycheck, and then come back for one last ride and do really well.
2: The fans who are still upset about Pujols leaving are the same people who are still butthurt that their girlfriend dumped them back in high school. Close the yearbook and be happy. That's from the 618. Tim, I'm a boomer, and I'm anti-Pujols signing. I get the low risk, but I don't see him helping the Cardinals win. That's from the 314. Okay, now with with that, I can understand that perspective. I see him doing—when you look at what he did for the Dodgers, in particular against left-handed pitching— yeah. I see him as a value. I really do. Right. I truly do. Right. I'm not, and I'm not just saying that because usually this is the type of move. Because honestly, being this is you know whatever. I, I, but just being real honest with the audience. Because what do you say this show's called, Jackson? Hey, asshats. Uh, uh, apologies, St. Louis. <laughs> apologies, St. Louis, and also honesty in media. The standing ovations. And I'm not talking about necessarily the the pools. It kind of reminds me of watching the State of the Union. Sometime I'm like, okay. Are we really doing this because we were that impressed with what we just saw or heard? Are we doing this to go, hey, look at us. We're standing up. You know what I mean? I hear what you're saying. So. Somewhat self-serving. So, yes. Look at us. We're the best fans in baseball. If anybody, (laughs) like, in New York or L.A. is like, hold on a second. Maybe we should move there because they stand. (laughs) So, you know, I find that the whole thing a little exhausting. And I realize that's not going to be a popular opinion, but not running for office of obviously <laughs> uh so with with that said in this particular case i love the nostalgia of it i love the low risk of it and i also think he's going to have value and if he doesn't it's kind of not that big of a deal you know i don't really know what it's at the expense of um so i I'm I'm really on I'm really excited about it and I'm really on board with it uh, Jackson I said I would talk about it and uh, Randy Carricker and I in the 22nd we cover a lot in those 20 seconds it was it pretty great said they basically were wall to wall Albert Pujols but I had had I want to get in a few other things here before we go to so what your grandma I think and hear from. Michael Cooper, who's on my mind because of last night's winning time. God, love. I love that show. That was
0: a really good episode.
2: I love that night. show. I digress. Really good episode. Um, for so, what did your grandma think? First off, I'll, these are be quick hitters. I mean, these are quick hitter takes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the, what to make of what's going on with the Blues, but this is super concerning. Uh-huh. It is super concerning. Now I know.
0: Well, I just read the score. I'm concerned, and I just all I saw was the score. <laughs>
2: The playoffs, which I mocked you for saying, well, you got to make sure they get there first, now it's starting to teeter on the brink. They really need to win tonight. Not necessarily the hottest to take, but this is a mess. And uh, Jeremy Rutherford had a great column yesterday on TheAthletic.com. If you haven't read it, uh, Tori Krug, we're not ready to play playoff hockey right now the way that we've been playing, so we got to figure it out. And then Justin Falk, we have to be committed to playing a hard way of hockey and not thinking that we can score a bunch of goals. That's an overall theme that we need to clean up. And then you have this weird thing, not that they were standing next to each other and disagreeing, but the way Craig Berube broke down Colton Pareko's play on Carolina's second goal and then Colton Pareko breaking down his play on Carolina's second goal to certainly opposite mindsets on that thing because that was a bit of a debacle and once again the blues just keep falling behind but it is super concerning now carolina's a great team vancouver is trying to get in to a wild card spot uh but with regards to the situation you gotta get this one tonight man you gotta get this one tonight Get this game tonight. It's getting tight for a playoff spot. Blues and Canucks pregame at 530. That take. Second take. Hmm. I was so excited about St. Peter's on Friday night and so excited about watching it yesterday against North Carolina. And then about three minutes into the game on the clock, I'm like, yeah, it's it didn't tell. happen. And you can tell it was so clear. But I and I was like, there's value right now to live betting North Carolina. But I didn't want to be cheering against St. Peter's in case they could come back. But For it was sure. so clear sure. they were overmatched because Carolina altered not only their defense, but they figured out St. Peter's defense, and they were overmatched. Yeah. What Baycott have 20 points and 22 rebounds? Yeah, forget it like about a, it. It
0: was like a Will Chamberlain style game. But yeah, the, the St. Peter, it was bound to happen. I was so shocked that Purdue with their size. And their ability to get out and run couldn't take it to them. And then – but it was due – I mean, St. Piers is a team that these guys, like Purdue and North Carolina and Kentucky, played at the beginning of the season to win by 30. So, they you know, it's a tune-up game. So eventually the line's going to end. But to get to the Elite Eight – I mean, they have nothing to hang their heads about.
2: Uh, and that sets up Duke against North Carolina on Saturday night, which will be I mean, that's gonna ridiculous be. with Mike Shashevsky's potential final game after North Carolina went in Cameron indoor arena and spoiled his final home game there. And then you have the Kansas Villanova situation, which right. I don't really want to spend much time on just because I, I just I'm a wish. bitter Missouri fan. And then reports from Sirius XM Radio this morning that Tiger Woods is going to walk Augusta National this week. To see if he can play next week at the Masters. How do you do, brother?
0: This is really the best time of the year for sports. I mean, we it's are coming glorious. into it. We are really getting into a sweet spot today. And I next think that,
2: week the weather, the Masters, uh, Cardinal Home Opener, Albert Pujols back. It's a pony show, brother. It's a pony show. We got a break. So what your grandma thinks coming up next, this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Well, really poor clock management today, and that's on Jackson. Yep. Uh, and he'll issue an apology on uh, Twitter coming up, but we got to go. So there will be no soy your grandma thing today.
0: Which is actually a good thing, because mine was really bad today, so... I think them. I saved the audience to Is
2: that. that right? I yeah. actually like it when they're bad because then I get to see the audience get <laughs> mad at you. But we gotta wrap it up. But uh, to sum up, Albert Poole's back, good. Scotty Scheffler, good. Yep. St. Peter's, unfortunate. Right. Uh Tiger Woods, maybe back. Mm. Blues, confused, concerned. Yep. Anything you would like to say? LeBron injured, Lakers, problematic. Yeah, p- play in tournament. Best of luck to you. That's uh, Jackson has gotten his NBA moment into the program. BK and Ferrari are up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101
1: ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors,